This is the Sister Squad with Morta, Nona, and Dekuma. <laughs> Nona. Nona. We'll just stop right now. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the podcast this week. And uh, we are going to talk about Morta's journey with adopting her daughter. And how that came about, which is a really neat story. Um, we've asked her to share this and also to not share um, her daughter's side. So this is this is Morta's side of the story. Yeah, there's a couple things that that um, I did ask her about, but we'll um, just a couple questions like that people ask me all the time. And she, I talked to her this morning when I was uh, taking her to work, and she's like. She's like, yeah, they want to know, like, how did you find me? Because she wanted to know that as well. So her name is Ola, and that's um, her nickname. Um, Because people will tell you, she's from Ukraine. People will say, well, Ola isn't a Ukrainian name. Well, it is too, because that's her name. (laughs) So It is now. (laughs) It is now. But we haven't podcasted since May, so we have had a long fun summer off and so we thought we'd get back to it like before I get started because uh anything that you think that people ask all the time when you're talking about your niece who's adopted from Ukraine what do people always ask you um how did you find her and they're really concerned about how she's adjusted like yeah so so many people have major problems with adoptions that they're just afraid like that it's a nightmare yeah. adoption yeah. like they're the, kind of just waiting they don't want to ask but then they kind of want to ask so if they like she's gonna murder us in her yeah. sleep <laughs> she's Pretty not much. she's not how about you nona anything else um no i have to think i'm sure i'll think of something okay well just throw things in there so i was like uh at work yesterday i at my lunch i just sat down pulled out a piece of note paper and just started jotting down like the questions that people always ask me. And the number one question is, how did you find her? Like, there's a girl in a tiny town in, in the middle of Ukraine, in western Ukraine. And how did you find her to adopt her? And um, so that that's the pretty big story. So, so what happened is we have a total of five biological kids. And when our fourth was born in 2004, um, I, I mean, I still had a baby. So he was still just like maybe a couple months old. I was still on maternity leave and I really wanted to adopt internationally, which sounds crazy because I had four kids. The oldest was five and a half, three and a half, one and a half and a new baby. And I really wanted to adopt internationally. And the cost to adopt was just so it was just cost prohibitive. There was no way that we could afford it. And I also had a baby. So I didn't, I knew I didn't want to adopt right then, but we were building a house and all of that business. So we moved into our house in uh, the end of 2004. And then we got pregnant and I got pregnant in 2007 and lost that baby. And then I got pregnant again. And so this is why I'm not thinking about adoption, right? Because I'm we were moving, then we had a, a baby that died, and then we had a miscarriage, and then we had Jorgen in 2008. And then in 2010, 
I felt inspired, and that's a whole different story, to go back to graduate school. I'd been a nurse for, I don't know, like 13 or 14 years or something. And I felt inspired to go back to graduate school to be a nurse practitioner. And grad school was, I mean, I don't think, I think any grad school is intense. Like, I certainly know that nurse practitioner school was uh, just so hard. So that was two and a half years. So again, during two and a half years, I'm not going to be thinking about another child. I could barely keep my head above water. And so I graduated in 2013, the end of 2013, I got a job as an NP and kind of like learned my, my job as a hospitalist. And that was really hard. But then by 2014, the end, mom had called me and said, Morta, um, I just saw, and she knew that I wanted to adopt a kid. And, um, she says, I saw this couple on KSL who adopted a bunch of kids from Ukraine and they all look like Liesl, my daughter, who's blonde and my boys are blonde too, but Liesl just has more hair because it's long and it, she is a white blonde person. And especially at this time, cause she would have been 14 and she's like, these kids look like they could be Liesl's sisters and they're so cute. And there's a sibling group and you know, you should look into that. And so I, she sent me the article or told me about it. I found it and these kids were hosted through um, an orphan hosting group called New Horizons for Children. Well, I looked into it immediately and it was it was too late that year to host, like, because they host in the summer and they host at Christmas. And I knew I didn't, it was like October, November, and the cost is several thousand dollars. And I knew that it was too close to Christmas with five kids. There's no way that was going to happen. So... After Christmas, I contacted them through the internet, went to their site, and you have to fill out like kind of like a criminal background check. You have to give your driver's license number and all of that, and then they will show you the orphan host listing. And so what hosting is, is these are children who are, um, they're either straight up orphans, like little orphan Annie, you know, both parents are dead. Or their children, like our, the children we have here in America, they're in the foster system, who are available for adoption. And some of them aren't available for adoption. But this is a hosting program. And the goal, now New Horizons is a Christian hosting group. But some of them are just hosting. Like they, they don't have, they're not religiously affiliated. And the goal is for these kids to come to America and be in a home where they're with a mother and a father in a healthy home because a lot of their foster kids are living in orphanages, which is institutional. Now, since 2016, Ukraine has had a push to get kids out of the orphanage. But we adopted Ola last year in 2020, and there were still plenty of kids in the orphanage. So anyway, so we picked out, we looked at the hosting list. We knew we wanted a girl because we have four boys and one daughter biologically. And my daughter really helped me. And my husband, people always ask, how did your husband get on board with this? I told him we were going to do it. And he said, okay, fine. He didn't care. He was down for it. And so um, we picked this girl named uh, Natasha, I think was her name. Yeah, her name was Natasha. And she was, um, Liesl at that time was 13. Natasha, no, Liesl was 15 and Natasha was 13. 
and she looked really cute and I paid my money like it was a $500 deposit to host and then um I you had to have a endorsement from your ecclesiastical leader and I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ or of Latter-day Saints the Mormons and so I had my bishop write a letter of reference which he did happily to say, hey, this is a good family, and you know they've got cute, nice kids, and this would be a great experience for this child. And so, it, hey, let me interrupt here and say it is a really good thing that they have that background check and that letter, so they can make sure they don't get any undesirables. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, anyway, so I send my stuff off, and I don't hear back. Like I can see on the website. That all of these kids are spoken for because when it has it has their little picture and it'll just have their like their age their initial, so you don't know what their name is. So maybe it was I don't know how I figured out her name, but anyway. And then a couple things about the kid, and so it doesn't say that this Natasha is hosted, right? Like, and I'm like, hey, I've paid my money. This is the kid I want. I don't, you know, I didn't think any of the other children would be a really good fit for our family, and so. I finally called the person and she's like, oh, well, it seems there's a problem. They're just going over your application. I'm like, well, what could possibly be wrong? We're not convicted felons. We don't have anything wrong. We've paid you money. And I said, this is because I'm a Mormon, isn't it? And she said, she was so cute because this was not the person making the decision. She was like a coordinator, a volunteer. And she goes, well, um, yes. <laughs> And I, it was, keeping out the undesirable. she was so embarrassed. I have to like props to her. I don't remember her name, but she was so nice. And this, um, this organization is in the South. And so I said, well, I just, I'm just confused because, you know, they had like, a, a bunch of statements that you had to agree with, like Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior. Yes. You know, a whole bunch of statements that were the Bible is the word of God. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I agreed with everything I because I read it. I'm not going to go against my own religion, you know. And so they sent me a letter back and I had sent an email to the director and said, hey, I agreed with all of these statements. We're clearly Christian. I sent them uh, at the time. The website was Mormon.org, the uh, frequently asked questions. And they sent back. <laughs> that they changed their their like little manifesto of what you had to believe that the Bible is the word of God and nothing will ever be added unto it or something like that. <laughs> I think I didn't remember that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so they were Except for that one family. <laughs> <laughs> so and you know, I don't always share this part, but I think it's really interesting and people when I shared it with Ola, I thought it was really cute because we watched Instant Family, if you've not seen that movie with Mark Wahlberg as the dad and that cute girl as the mom where they adopt kids out of foster care, you got to watch it. It's the best movie ever. And Ola loves it. And she watches it probably about every two or three months. And she was watching it the last time. And she, it was so funny. She's like, we paused the movie and she looked at us and she goes, how did you find me? Like, how did you find me? So this story that I'm telling you, I just told Ola like maybe within the last three or four months. And so I get to this part where they like kicked us out because we we're Mormon and she was so pissed. She goes, what? She goes, don't you, don't they know that you are a good family? <laughs> like she was pissed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's a good thing, Ola, because then we wouldn't have found you. She's And she was just, I think that's like the heart of an orphan. Like she was thinking of that cute Natasha not being able to be hosted because they bumped us out, you know? So anyway, so they kicked me out. I They gave me back my $500 and said, you know, go with God, I guess. I don't know. And they did say, if you want oh, to... Oh, God, that you have. You know? <laughs> they said... Filthy heathen. I know, I know. They said, if you do want to host, and there's um, there's a couple of places you can host through Project 143 or Google Elmo's Hope, that they are not religiously affiliated. Now, if you read Google Elmo's Hope, what their, like, um, what their goals are or whatever, their mission statements... And Project 143, you can see see that they're absolutely Christian influenced, but they don't have like a litmus test for you to be able to host a kid. Nice going, Dickie. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, so we did the same thing with both Project 143 and with Googly Almost Hope, and looked for because I have so many kids biologically. I did not want a sibling group, not because. I couldn't handle a sibling group, but we really just didn't have room for a sibling group. And then also the cost. The cost then was $2,700 per time that they came over to host. Plus, you have to fly the child from the regional airport that they fly into. She flew into San Francisco, or you have to go pick them up. And then you have to fly them back. Nona, what else did we have to pay for? Because Nona's going to come up in this story here in a minute, too. Clothes. I mean... We had to pay for their clothes, everything that they would need while they were here because they came only with a backpack and, and you know, nothing. And yeah. transportation. So toiletries, clothes, oh, yeah. everything yeah. they need. And then transportation back to that regional airport. And then part of your fee. And, hold on. Go ahead. Medical care. Yes. Medical care. They needed to go to the dentist and get their get their medical issues treated. And yeah. We had... We had a deaf girl that we got, and that was something else. I think this is going to be a super long podcast, so Dekuma might have to put it like a two-parter, because we got to talk about the girls that you hosted as well. Okay. Because Nona hosted three different girls um, yeah. So during this. So we hosted Ola. She came in. So we pick out Ola. And her, Go ahead. her orphan stolen, so, I mean, let's. that's just a... Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got oh, that was sad. I know. I only cried for a year. I know. I cried for a year. I know. So. That, so, see, we've got like so much to talk about. Like, there's it's such yeah. a long story. It doesn't seem like you can get through it all. So, anyway, so we picked out Ola because, and she happened to be through Google Amos Hope. And that was just coincidence that there was a girl the right age. You know, and and my daughter, Liesl, really was adamant that she did not want to bring in a girl who was older than her, which I completely agree with. The age order of your children is very important. I would not bring in a child older than my own kids. And that's just my thing. I, I mean, Ola is older than my youngest, but it just, he was, so when she was 11, that would have made him six, and he and she's was also a girl. And, and she's I think a, that makes a difference. yes, and she's a girl. So he didn't feel displaced. Liesel didn't feel displaced because while I wanted to help another child, 
I really felt strongly that it was important that my own children had their needs met as well. So we pick right. So we pick out Ola. We pay the money. We go pick her up. Oh, and then their visas didn't come through that year. That was the year that the embassy embassies all over the world got hacked. They couldn't print up visa papers because she was supposed to come July 1st. So then I'm taking off work. I'm like, I'm supposed to go pick her up in San Francisco on July 1st. And then they're, they didn't get their flights booked until, so she came in July 8th. So that's the other thing. If you're flying into an airport, you're buying plane tickets at the last minute. Because if you buy them way ahead, you have to pay for insurance to change the date. Mm. So there's just a lot of like, because that makes your plane tickets more money. You know, like if you're buying them very last minute. Because they would tell you over and over again, do not buy plane tickets until we have booked the children's plane tickets. Because there's no guarantee that... The kids are going to be there on this day. This is a tentative date. So anyway, um, we decided to drive because I really wanted Liesl to be there. And then I asked mom if she wanted to go. And mom is always up for a road trip, as you. (laughs) And for for taking in orphans. Oh, yeah. Mom is always in for taking someone else's kids. That is like her and And no, no, why don't you speak to that for a second? All the people who lived with us when we were growing up. Oh, man. Well, I don't remember when I was younger, but I know um, why my aunt, I don't know why, but my mom had, mom had their kids. She, I remember that she kept them. We have pictures. They were with us. I mean, she kept them kind of frequently. I think there, there were three of our cousins. I know she had them. And then, wait, um, well, then I think, you know, she had all of her own kids for a while. And then after that, then we, our one cousin, she had her, she took her daughter. Um, She was, you know, just going through some stuff and was trying to get established school. So she had her daughter that took. Yep, for about six months. Yeah, I I think. And mom was always really good about, you know, I mean, for your kids, you come get them when you want them and I'll keep them and, you know, keep them safe and take care of them. And then. After her, we had, I can't remember, was our other cousin, was that before or after we had the, the girl from the Indian Reservation? Um, um, Native American. I think it was before. It was before. It was before so, because I was. You were younger then? Uh-huh, because. Yes. Yep. yep for sure. Yep. So you had her from. Oh, Shiprock, no, it was after because she was in the, our cousin was in the, our cousin who. Our Native American sister was when I was in the fifth grade and she was in the sixth. I was in the fourth and she was in the fifth. And then our cousin, who's younger than me, was in the fifth grade when she came a couple years later. So oh, I was thinking you guys were younger. Yeah. So, but and we how did. Many, how many times did we have the girl that came? Yes. She came twice, right? She oh. came twice. The one time mom says, I thought it was for a whole year. Mom said it was for like. Four or five months, oh, six I thought months. It was the whole year too. I thought it was the whole year, and it was. I hope that she's listening because it was one of the happiest parts of my childhood, like with me and Randy and S. Yeah. Like painting rocks and sharing a room. Well, I think and you can say her name. It was Sandra. No, Sam. We're talking about oh, Sam, the cousin. cousin. We had a great time with all of the cousins and friends who lived with us. Yeah. <laughs> so. Because that's another question that people get when I 
not so much now that Ola's adopted, but when I was hosting was a big question, like, what do your other kids think about this? Are they okay with it? And, you know, when people would ask mom, when we had various children living with us, mom never asked our opinion. She told us, and that was where the bear went in the woods, and we just dealt with it. And it wasn't like... It was just normal. It was just normal. And it was also your job, like, that. it was kind of like, you've been given a lot, you've been given a family who loves you, and now you can also share, this is what we're going to do. And I, it never occurred to me that that was something that we shouldn't do. So can I... Yeah. Step in and my husband at the same time. I grew up in the same, um, a block away from my husband. Um, we met when we were six. <laughs> and um, at that time, our church had come around and asked families to host these Navajo students, Native American students, and, um, and help them get schooling done. And so they, our religious leader, our bishop had come around and asked each family and And our family had done that. Well, they had asked his family and his mom and dad came and sat him down as a family and asked him what they thought. And he said, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no way, no how. Well, and you have to understand, it was for the entire school year. They would go home in the summer. But his, they came in the fall, and they stayed all year long for the whole school year. Yes, and, and the bishop told them, he says, your kids have to agree, or or you shouldn't do this. Like, this is oh, this yeah. is not a good fit, and, and he was adamant. He's like, absolutely <laughs> not. I just want you to think of your son and your grandson, and does that surprise you at all? Like, uh, no, <laughs> no. And, and my husband is actually one of the kindest people. Oh, he is. <laughs> I know. And I it just shocks me, like, to even think of that. But, yeah. Anyways. That's just on. a little aside. Okay. Who was talking? Was you are. It? Oh, it's still me. Okay. So, anyway. So, we go to San Francisco. Me, Mom, Liesl. We zip down there. We get to the airport. Now, mind you, we have done hosting training like you had to complete 10 hours of training on orphans and on behaviors for these kids they did tell us that all the kids had had some english in school liar liar pants on fire (laughs) they start english in their schools pretty much universally in the sixth grade and ola was a fifth grader she just finished her fifth grade year so she knew not a word of english so We get there, we're waiting at the airport. We have a great big sign that says, welcome to America, Ola. Only it said Olga. It said (laughs) Olga, like in translated. They had, they said her name was Olga and it's not. It's similar, it's Olha. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, but we had her picture on the poster so that she knew where she was supposed to go. And oh my gosh, the... They were supposed to fly in at 10 and they flew in at midnight and they had to get through customs. So by the time they get there, it's like 1230. And we figured it out that by the time she got to our house in Utah, she had been traveling for 40 hours straight. So think about how tired you are after just a long flight. Because they had to take a train from their town. From her town into Kiev, and then Kiev to Frankfurt, and then Frankfurt. I think that time they flew to D.C., then D.C. to to San Francisco, or sometimes they came, they went Frankfurt to Dallas, Dallas to, I don't know, I can't remember. There's so oh, many flights. They, 
they didn't have money. And so they might have had a few snacks, but when they got here, they were starving. Yeah. And she was, I mean, we tried to feed her, but she was, she's like a nervous not eater. You know what I mean? Like, because I tried to feed her. She did eat part of an apple or a granola bar. She was just exhausted. But then also the time change. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'll just tell you. I'll just go in order because you're going to die. So she gets here and here comes this little girl. And in the picture, from the picture that I had of her to the picture that what she looked like at the airport, she looked like she had lost weight when I had, when I picked her up. She did not look as round faced. And that might have just been a trick of the camera. But she looked, she was 11 years old. She was just taller than Jorgen, who was six. And she weighed 67 pounds. And she didn't look malnourished. She just looked small and skinny. She was just tiny. Tiny. She didn't look like she was starving or anything. They weren't starving her to death, but she was just little. So I start talking to her. She she gets off the plane. She comes over with a big group. So there's all these Ukrainian kids, and then there's the people from the orphanage, and then there's the or the the hosting place, and then there's the translator, the interpreter. And Ola comes over and stands next to me and just like, she's standing next to me like you're standing next to somebody in line for a sandwich. <laughs> like, and she's just looking around and I, I kneeled down. I said, oh, I said, is your name Ol- Olga? And she said, Ola, like this, this quietest whisper. I said, did you say it's Olga or Olha? And she's like, Ola. I said, Ola. And she nods her head. I said, well, I'm Mary, and this is Liesl, and this is Grandma. I said, do you speak any English? And she shakes her head no, and then two great big fat tears roll down her face. Probably she was thinking, what have I done? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It makes me want to cry. Like, it was horrible. So I just hugged her, and she's just crying. I said, it's okay. It's going to be okay. So the interpreter came over. She's like, it looks like you guys need a little translation. And I'm like, yeah. So I told her, I said, well, tell her that we're going back to the hotel. We're going to sleep. We're going to go home. But it's a really long drive. And she said, okay. And I reintroduced myself so that she could, you know, translate that into Ukrainian. We go back to the hotel. She held my hand out to the car. We go back to the hotel. And and we knew she had nothing with her. She had the clothes on her back. She did not have a backpack. She had nothing. And um, she was holding four crayons like you get at a restaurant and a coloring page that the airport had given her, the airline. And we get back to the hotel and I had a bag because I was prepared for that with clothes, underwear, pajamas. We all had our fuzzy blankets. So we stopped at Walmart and bought her a fuzzy blanket with Olaf, the frozen snowman on it, (laughs) which is funny. Because all my grandkids call her Olaf. Yeah. (laughs) Nona and Dekuma's grandchildren think that her name is Olaf. So, so anyway, so she's going through that bag. So we handed her the bag and I said, this is for you and the blanket. And she is going through the bag. There was a brush and ponytails. I bought her some flip flops because I didn't know what size her feet were. I brought her some clothes and she was... So excited, like so excited. Then she just starts smiling. You have and to understand, they have nothing. They own nothing. Right. Nothing is theirs. Yes. Everything belongs to the orphanage. Yes, even their they clothes. They don't even own the clothes. Or their underwear. They don't even own their own underwear. They share them. Yep. Yes. 
anybody who would be that size, they, and they get one outfit per week and two pairs of underwear. And so like after, so we all get showered, right? Like we take turns in the shower and brushing our teeth. And I had a toothbrush and toothpaste and everything for her. And then it's last. And I told her to go take a shower, asked her if she needed help. Of course, she says, no, like you're not going to see me naked, you freaky new woman that I don't know. So she was in there. I kid you not, I almost swore. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Under two and a half minutes. Like, she could not possibly. She barely got wet. In the training, they told you in the training, like, to put on a swimsuit and show them how to shower and how to wash their hair. And, and, then, and not be surprised if they were in there cleaning out their underwear and setting them out to dry like the Christmas stockings. So that's what she did is that she took her underwear and she washed them out and hung them up over the the towel rack because that's, that's what pretty, that's pretty expeditious considering not only did she shower she also cleaned her underwear. <laughs> I know. And you know what's funny is that she she was just so I could tell that she was nervous and I was going to have her cuz there was just two beds so I was going to have her sleep with Liesel. But Liesel said, Mom, she doesn't, she wants to be with you. So we let, I gave her the TV remote. We're exhausted. It's like 1 2 o'clock in the morning. Like we're so tired. So we go to sleep and she, I swear to you, she stayed up all night because Ukraine from our time right now is nine hours ahead. Mm, and so, so it's, it's daytime. daytime. So she's like, she's awake. I'm like, girl, uh, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to sleep. So we wake up the next morning. And she stays awake. She stayed awake until we got to like to Willa. Oh like, my gosh. So we take, we go to eat something. We get out of San Francisco and we went to like an IHOP because I was thinking there's pictures on the menu at IHOP because she doesn't speak any English. So we get there and I said, Ola, we're going to go and eat. And I had some like flashcards with, um, with the pictures and then the Ukrainian word on it. So that we could show her like what we were doing and it would show like if you needed the toilet or if you needed to like shower or whatever so that she knows the word we're saying in English means that word. So anyway, I told her we were going to go eat and we go to a restaurant and the first thing she does is she's like skipping. She's happy now. This is the next day. She was a little nervous the night before, but like now she's all in adventure mode. I mean, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, she, she was so, and she was super helpful. She wanted to carry mom's suitcase to the car. Uh-huh. She wouldn't let mom carry her suitcase. Um, so anyway, I'm like, we're going to go get something to eat. I, I got, I'm going to break in only because... I've forgotten this, and to how I know her now, to look back at how she acted then, is so interesting. Don't you think so, Nona? Um, yeah. I mean, she looks back. She was just a little kid, and... But, but her little so, actions of, like, trying to carry mom's suitcase, and... That's exactly how she is right now. That is how she is right now. Like, these well, are still I, things that she does. She And her quirky little sense of humor. She's so funny. What I think when when you say that, though, having had three different orphans, you know, one from Columbia and two from two separate, actually, we had, we had one from Columbia, one from Ukraine from an orphanage, and then the other one we hosted was um, the granddaughter of the orphanage director. So having three, you know, three different people come, they were all that way. Very, um, very helpful. Yeah. You know, like want to clean, want to do. And I think that's part of the or doing anything to please you. 
they were yeah I think they were just kind mm-hmm. of taught that way and they and I think they kind of coached him really because you know they're telling you they those kids know they say it's a hosting program it's not an adoption program but those kids know they know what's up yeah, you know? some of them get adopted and some of them so, don't. So she's hopping around, putting she's mom stuff around. in the car. I'm like, okay. we're gonna go eat, and she looks up at me. She goes, pizza. <laughs> Her first American English word, and I started laughing. I said, no, we're gonna. We're not going to get pizza now, but we will later. And so I showed her the menu. She sat by me and I showed her everything and she chose. It's morning, but of course she's been awake for 5,000 hours, I'm sure. She had a hamburger. Oh, yeah. Is what she had for breakfast. So we all had like French toast and everything. And it was like by the time we we ate like granola bars and stuff at the hotel and just got the H-E double hockey sticks out of San Francisco. And then we ate. It was like 1030, 11 o'clock that we ate like a brunchy lunch. And then we drove home forever and she finally passed out coming across the desert. And I'm not even kidding. There was like a thunderstorm that was the loudest, biggest thunderstorm I have ever seen in my whole life. And that, cause you know, you're just on the desert. So there's no mountains, nothing to like yeah. break it up. Lightning that would go across the sky and then the thunder would immediately follow. It was so loud. The raindrops were hitting the car i had to slow down i was on the freeway and i had to slow down to like 45 and i have the the windshield wipers just going like crazy and lisa's in the back seat she goes mom she's like she's like in a coma she's passed out (laughs) she was she slept all the way through it she does not remember she laughs when we tell her about this now she just laughs she thinks it's so funny so we got her home we you know the next day we went down to um dekuma's mother-in-laws and sister-in-laws and we went swimming oh yeah yep that was her very first day so she made friends with claire with yep and my niece on the other side yeah and um who was just so darling one of the nicest kids on the planet still to this day so sweet just yeah she's a cute sweet girl and and what you learn super quick with these kids is that they that children are just so accepting you know like very much so like, they just played. They just immediately mm-hmm. played. And that's the day that I, like, came home and and told Liesl and Ola to stay in their swimsuits and Liesl to show her how to shower. And they hadn't told me that in hosting, like, but they did say that they wouldn't know how to bathe. And that they, some of the kids are in orphanages where they don't even have hot water. They have lukewarm water and they can shower once a week. And so what's really funny, by the end of that, she would take like the shortest showers. And I probably, I'm guessing, and I would have to ask her, but she won't remember. She There's a lot of stuff that she, it's just like another kid. They don't remember. Yeah. But I would imagine that at first she might not have felt safe. Yep. Like, you know, you're naked in a strange house showering. So she would take the quickest showers. By the end of hosting, she was taking 45-minute showers. <laughs> And Liesl came up to me and said, Liesl's like, mom, she's taken up and and we have a huge water heater. So that wasn't the problem. Like we didn't really ever run out of hot water, but she's like, mom, she's taken long showers. Like tell her to stop. I'm like, Liesl, she's going back to Ukraine in five days and she might not get a shower except for once a week. Why don't you tell her that she can't take a 45 minute shower? And she's like, okay. (laughs) You know, that's one thing that I noticed with you with your kids. Because, you know, like, kids are entitled. Not that you teach your kids to be entitled. But, you know, your kids have so much. All of our kids did. Yes. You know? Um, 
I mean, they lack for nothing. And even all their wants are met, all their needs are met. And, well, when I say all their wants, basically their wants, things that they want, they, you might not give it to them today, but they'll get it for Christmas probably. Most you know, of them, yeah. Really, they're not really demanding, though. I mean, they, you've taught them about, you know, they don't want the moon. They wouldn't ask for the moon. They know right. But, you know, they're they're pretty, you know, get whatever. But one thing that I think like going with your kids like going through this is how many times you had to remind them where she came from because kids just people just don't get it it's like oh she's here she looks normal and that's one of the things they talked about in the training so much is they look like a normal kid yeah so you just think oh it's a normal kid which I don't want to say she's not a normal kid but there's just a you know there's a lot of things that go on go along with being an orphan Right, living in an institution and not having enough because you know a lot of them don't have enough to eat. Yeah, that's true. Ola did one that went back that wanted his mom just to pack the teenager that just wanted her to fill his suitcase up with peanut butter. Yep, you know, yeah, he didn't Um, want new clothes. He's like, I've been here, done that. I just want food because I'm gonna be hungry. He lived on the eastern half of Ukraine, closer to Russia. So yeah. Russia and, well, and they and, and so a lot they of things that they out. warned us about was, you know, food, like um, food insecurity and the things that they would do, like hoarding food and all, all kinds of stuff. That was all part of the training that you had to go through. And so she didn't necessarily have that, but there were things, you know, there were things that were issues just, you know, from orphanage life. And I... I just know how many times you had to, like, when you were saying police on the shower, how many times you had to remind them, like, they would maybe say something and you'd be, okay, well, do you know yeah. where she come from? Yeah, yeah. So, I think that um, I think that we all, as humans, not just children, but more so children because they haven't been around long enough, you just sort of project, like, your own circumstance onto other people. Yeah. So, she yeah. normal and she acts normal so it's like oh well like so she yeah and so she would clean a lot and that was in the training too that like um don't mistake their cleaning for just being helpful some children don't even know how to play like they just clean because they that's the only thing they know how to do they were expected to clean and so they don't have a janitor at the orphanage right exactly and so, so not only that, so don't think that their cleaning is so cute. Like sometimes they're cleaning because they don't know what else to do. They need to be instructed on how to play. Um, but Ola was like, she's a tidy person. We sufficiently Americanized her. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nona used to say we broke our orphan. <laughs> we broke our orphan. She came, she was so tidy. Now she's sleeping in and eating second dinner. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So Ola didn't eat a lot and she still doesn't eat a lot, but she was pretty like we had to tell her. And then again, remember that she doesn't understand English. She's just trying to figure things out. So we're trying to feed her and, (laughs) and let her know. But, but by the time she came back the second time, like, so four weeks, it was really hard. The first week was, was, um, like just, you know, culture shock for all of us. The second week, uh, we were going, 
And we thought, okay, by the third week, or like about the second week, I thought, oh my gosh, four weeks, how am I going to do this? This is horrible. Because she was needy, and she didn't understand English, and I don't speak Ukrainian, and Google Translate at that time, you couldn't speak into Google Translate in Ukrainian and have it translate into English, and she didn't spell well, and so guess what? Newsflash, you got to be able to spell to use Google Translate. So we were just trying to figure it out, but we went to girls camp. The The Laurels just adopted her as their own. And she's still friends with those Laurels now. They'll come pick her up and they go to dinner and stuff. Oh. They just look. 16, 17-year-old girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the girls. that So that's our, our church group. Um, and so, and they warned us. Like, they're like, at first, you're just going to be culture shock. The second week, you're going to think, what have we done? The third week, you're going to think, okay, this is going to go all right. And then the fourth week, you're going to think, why are they going home so fast? And that's exactly how it was. By the time that she went home, um, it was really hard to let her go home knowing that like she was going back to live in the orphanage. Um, and so then we immediately signed up to host for Christmas, the Christmas hosting. So when she got here for the Christmas hosting, she, I'll say a couple things about that. And then the other hostings will be super quick. We, cause I mean, these are just like the adjustment adjustment things. So she comes for the Christmas hosting and she's exhausted. And I think I made Jeremy go get her that time. And she was so tired when she got home and she was a little weepy. Like, I think she didn't expect to have culture shock that second time. And then she did. Uh And then she was a little weepy. But she, (laughs) she came home and she was a little weepy and then she stopped crying. And then she looked around, she walked downstairs and all of her clothes that she had left here from summer were still in her drawer because she and Liesl shared a room. She opened up her drawer, found her underwear pajamas, went and got showered, threw her clothes in the dirty clothes and went to bed. Like, because it was like 10 o'clock at night. We're like, oh, I guess she's going to sleep she's now. tired. She was tired. And I want to cry when I get home from a long trip. <laughs> but what was funny is that she felt 100% at home. Yeah. She acted just like any of my other kids would have acted. Like, and so, you know, the, the one thing you understand about these kids is like, so we sent a bunch of stuff home with her at the end of the summer. So they come with nothing, but they leave with a suitcase that you can pack 50 pounds worth of stuff in. So we sent home like school supplies and shoes and coats and I mean, everything, everything. And that second time that she came is when Nona um, hosted her first um, kid and they weren't from the same orphanage and her kid was 13 and Ola was... um, well, it was 11. And so they got stuff for Christmas and everything. And, and Ola knew she was coming back in the summer when she got, so she's 11. And some of the kids are like emotionally a little more immature. And uh, she got like the frozen Barbies, like Anna and Elsa. Mm-hmm. And she just loved them. She was so excited because she's 11. She's in yeah. sixth grade, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but she left them here. She didn't take, she wouldn't take them home. She put them in her bottom drawer. She knew she wouldn't get them. She knew that somebody would take them. Because when she came at Christmas, she was wearing these cheap piece of crap shoes. And I'm like, where are your shoes? And so she doesn't understand English very well at this point. And I'm like, your pink shoes, the one that dad bought you. And so I finally like pulled up a picture of her hiking in the summer with those shoes. 
And I said, did somebody steal your shoes? And she looks at me. She didn't understand stolen. And I mimed like we, man, we got really good at charades. I do the charades, like grabbing something and yanking it away from her. And she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so every single stinking thing we sent to Ukraine, somebody took from her. That's just the way that it was. Um, well, did she get our brother backpack that had her name on it? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Our brother that had her name embroidered on her backpack. She got that one taken. Did she get it? Keep no, it a she year? Was, no, she still has that one. Oh, I was going to say, I thought she kept she, it a year. That was the one thing she kept then. So he had a backpack that was pink and polka dotted that he got from Land's End because those things never die. Remember the diaper bags we had? Yep. yep, yep. So they never die. So it's pink polka dotted and it's small. And he had his friend, uh, like, whatever, who does your t-shirts for soccer or whatever, yeah. do embroidery and got the Cyrillic alphabet and did Ola. And it's O-L-Y-A. And it, so it spells Olia, essentially. Um, embroidered on her backpack. That is the only thing that she kept because he also got her a big backpack for her to shove stuff in to take home that was just, like, baby blue. Super cute. Like a sky blue Land's End backpack. I'll bet that she had that in her possession 27 seconds in Ukraine before somebody took it from her. Yeah. But the one that had her name on, of course, nobody took. I forgot about that because she had that until just recently. Like, she had uh, it forever. I knew she brought it back the second year. I didn't think it came Every back Every single year. Mm, okay. So. Yeah. Remember we wrote, we, we sharpied their beautiful new bags when they went back. Yes. And you know she what? They stole those anyway. Sharpie. They stole her bag yeah. anyway. Uh, I just yeah. want to say swear words. Okay, so after she went home from Christmas, then we wanted to adopt her. And this is why it took so long. And this is why I'm telling you such a long story. Um, is that we wanted to adopt her when she was still 11. And then I got a message from Ginger um, Guglielmo, who is the uh, director and the founder of Guglielmo's Hope, the uh, orphanage hosting. The Ola was, she had been informed by the director of the orphanage that Ola had been... Um, they, she was going to be adopted by a foster family. And I had been getting a friend request from a woman in Ukraine. And and I had declined it a couple of times. and But it was from the same little town that Ola was from. And then finally I saw that Ola was in her profile picture with her four little kids. So it was this woman... Ola and then these four little kids. So I finally accepted the prof the friend request on Facebook and she and I started communicating and she was the foster mom. Um I have to be delicate yeah, about about some of the things that I say, but I can give you the facts. So I find I tell her, like, is Ola living with you? And she said, Yes, she was. And I said, Are you adopting her? And this is not like and mind you, I'm typing in English and she's typing in Ukrainian and we're using Google Translate to like, so I just copy and paste the whole message into Google Translate and then translate it and sort of like, you just sort of have to figure it out what they mean, not what they're saying, you know, because Google Translate's not so super. But I said, so are you adopting her? And she said, no, we love her like a daughter, but we cannot adopt her because our house is too small because they had their own four children plus Ola. And a teeny tiny house. And Jeremy went to visit them when he went to Ukraine to adopt Ola. And he said that their house would fit into our kitchen great room, their whole house. Mm. And so there's just, and there was no way for them to, to move or anything like that. 
But she said, no, we're not adopting her. So I let Ginger know, like, hey, they're not adopting her. So that means that she's still technically a foster child. And technically, through the way that the government does, you could we can still host her, right? And she's like, yep, you can. So I was talking to this woman. And um, I said, well, why don't you just keep her and I'll just bring her over for the summers. And she's like, okay, that's fine. So that's initially why we didn't adopt her. And then the other thing is, is that I, I can't really describe how expensive it is to host a child. Cause by the time you pay your $2,700, which is now $2,900, and it's probably a little more than that now. And then your plane tickets or your travel, your hotels, all of the clothes that they need, medical care, we took Ola to the dentist. She had 27 dental caries the first time, and she had to have two big fillings. And they it was so much dental work, they had to put her under, you know, like sedate her. And um, so all of that, like, I would say it was about five grand. Wouldn't you say, Nona? Absolutely. We were in that much. Yeah, it was about $5,000. And so the in 2015, we did it twice. And then in um, the subsequent years, we did it, you know, each summer. And thank heavens that the subsequent years, they went from four weeks to eight weeks to 10 weeks. And then every time was 10 weeks after that. So then when she was 12, she came back. Everything was great. That was the summer after she had been with the foster family. She came again at 13. Oh, when she was 12, I asked her delicately. Her English is getting better and better. And I asked her, because you cannot promise these kids you would adopt them. You cannot talk about adoption. And I asked her very delicately, would you ever want to come to America to live forever? And we were in the car and she looked at me. She goes, no. (laughs) I freaking love her. I'm like, how come? And she goes, uh, she goes, my brother, my brother and my sister. And cause she is, they told us like, originally the information that Guglielmo's hope had was that she was, uh, did not have siblings. That was not true. She had a brother and two sisters. She has a brother and two sisters, but that was just the information they were giving. They were not trying to lie to us at all. And, um, she goes, my brother, my sisters. I'm like, oh, I said, well, you know, that when you turn 16, you age out and you can never come to America after that. Because even if she wanted to come, like get a visa or whatever, very difficult for an Eastern European former orphan with no ties to Ukraine to get a visa to come to America because they know they'll just overstay their visa. You know, like it's very difficult. I said, so you, you wouldn't be able to ever come to America again. And she looked at me and she goes, but I am 12. <laughs> Like, don't you get it? That that 16 is years and years and years away. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remembered like, yeah, when I was 12, 16 seemed like. Uh, was forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's another <laughs> lifetime. So then when she was 13, we asked her, Jeremy asked her, they were out working in the garage. And mind you, she comes every year at this point, like she's just. Her name is on the chore chart. She does her chores and then the spinny wheel spins and then the next day it's clean off the counter. The next day it's unload the dishwasher, just like the rest of the kids. Um, When we go on vacation and we're handing out money for them to go get a a prize or a souvenir, I just hand her 20 bucks and the other kids 20 bucks or whatever. Like she's our kid for the summer. Like she's just regular. And my siblings and my parents and 
um, everyone in our church congregation and our neighbors and everyone treated her the same. Like, and a lot of the clothes that I, we have one cousin who I think clothed her until yesterday that our cousin Amy has girls who are very small and they're dancers and they have gorgeous, beautiful clothes and a lot of their clothes came to Ola. And so people helped a lot with the cost, but it was still very expensive. So then when she's 13, we Jeremy asked her if she'd ever want to be adopted. And and um, she said, no, uh, no. And that's the, this is the reason why we didn't adopt her until, because I was never going to adopt a child who wasn't 100% in. Because I don't need, you know, we're probably all going to pay for therapy for our kids, but I don't need... A kid who was like, you stole that choice away from me? Yeah, no way. So she said no. And he said, well, why? And she's like, my brother and my sister, they tell, they say to me, you go to America, you know our sister. Like, if you are go to America, you're not going to be our sister anymore. And Jeremy told her, like, you know, they're probably jealous. And she's so funny. And she said, what is this? What is this jealous? <laughs> And he told her, well, it means they're (laughs) sad that you go to America and they're mad that you could come to America and they would want to come to America, too. And, you know, as because I'm the youngest sister in our family, some people don't understand like the, the hero worship that you have for your older siblings. But I certainly have hero worship for all of my older siblings. And I could see how this was a new idea for her to see her older siblings, like that they had a weakness. You know what I mean? It's not their fault. They were orphans too, you know? So that really gave her something to chew on. And then when she was 14, then she came back. Then she was um, at the end of hosting after 14, she went back to live with a foster family and she and the foster mom had had kind of had a falling out. And again, this goes, speaks to the bringing a child in out of age order because Ola was the oldest, older than her oldest child. And, you know, teenagers are surly, you know, and Ola is a great teenager, but she's still a teenager. And so the foster mom and Ola had a little bit of a falling out. And she, Ola went back to the director and said, I just can't live there anymore. I, I need to come back. And they weren't abusive. They were good people, you know, and they did a lot of good things, but it was just, I think it was just hard for her. And it was a really tiny house. And then her going back to the orphanage, she's now one of the older kids. She's less likely to be victimized by bullying or any of that sort of thing. And so then after that, she wanted to be adopted. And it just cost, I I mean, like, tens of thousands of dollars. I think that we were in easily 35,000 did she have a friend that got adopted around that time? She did. She had a girl who got adopted. And then so she said she wanted to get adopted. And then right when we were ready and our dossier was going in, then she panicked and got cold feet and said that she wasn't going to be adopted. And we said, I told her, because <laughs> I'm so bossy. I said, okay, that's fine. You don't have to be adopted, but dad will be in there in November. <laughs> <laughs> You have to tell him no to his face. Pretty much. <laughs> I said, and I talked to Jeremy. I said, you know what? This is a 
total shit show. Excuse my language. I said, but I, he's like, well, what are we going to do? And his first inclination is always like panic and getting pissed. He's a lot like mom, you know, anger is his like go-to emotion. You know what I mean? And I said, look, I just said a little prayer about it. I did. I was in the middle of a medical conference when I got this message from her. Like, no, I don't want to go. I just think I should stay in Ukraine. And then she said something like, I'm sorry. It will, it will be better for all of us. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? You know what I mean? So I stand up, I leave, and I call Jeremy. I'm in Boston by myself. I'm like, holy crap. It's almost we're waiting for the date for him to travel. And then I said, I did. I took a minute. I said a little prayer. And I said, you're going anyway. And he said, okay. <laughs> and I said, she'll just have to say no to you, to your face. And I said, you know what? If we waste all this money, like if, if she refuses to be adopted and we have just pissed away, like how many tens of thousands of dollars? I don't even know. I can't even add it all up. Thank heaven I didn't. I said, then we'll know that we tried, right? Like, and it was yeah. just her brother um, who is an angel in heaven. And one of these days when Ola's 18, we're going to go to Ukraine with her and I am going to hug her brother until he is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I just need you to know that Yuri, like I'm coming for you. But he finally <laughs> told her, um, Ola, cause she's getting close at this point. She's 15 and a half and our papers are in and everything. And um, Jeremy's almost got his date. So this was in September. And his first. Oh, you have to say what aging out of the orphanage looks like. Yeah. You know, oh, I will. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so at 16 years old, this, the September 1st, after their 16th birthday, they're given what possessions they own, which is not much. Usually is, they usually, they fit them, you know, they give them like some clothes some of them don't even have a backpack to put it in. They have like a garbage bag, Piggly Wiggly, Walmart sack, you know, grocery bag. And they leave the orphanage on foot. They walk away. That's it. They're out. Now, some of them in some districts and some areas, they will give them, um, they will pay for them like their room and board. Well, not board. So they'll pay for them to go to a school like a trade school type of thing, because their their mandatory education ends at ninth grade. And then high school is for people who want to go to university. And so after ninth grade, they can go to a trade school and the state will pay for the trade school and they'll pay for their apartment. And their apartment's kind of like a hostel where like they have a room that they share with somebody of the same gender, two or three of them. And then there's a bathroom down the hall. They might have a hot plate. So now you have school that's paid for for a trade and you have uh, a room that's paid for um, anybody going to feed you short answer to that is no no one's going to feed you and so up 70% of the girls end up trafficked in prostitution yeah in some sort of trafficking and 60 to 70% of the boys end up uh, in some sort of criminal activity because they haven't been taught 15% of boys and girls commit suicide by age 21 and after 21 they stopped tracking it so it's really like so we had a fair amount of fear thinking about her being not adopted although her family owned a home or i don't know how property is owned over there i I don't understand ukraine that well but yuri and anya and sveta and ola um 
own a family home. And so like on the weekends, she would go stay with her brother and he has a job and um, he works really hard. Her sister Anya had a child by the time she was 17. So about a year after she left the orphanage, she had a baby. And that's about, that's pretty, pretty common. Um, so anyway, as they're getting closer for us to come over, uh, word got through from the director. I mean, it's hilarious. If you want to know how fast word can spread, I called Ginger. Ginger called their facilitator. The facilitator called the director. The director talked to, pulled, yanked Ola into her office and called Yuri. And Yuri came over at 9 p.m. and said, why is your director calling me? <laughs> and this was within like 18 hours. Ola was in the principal's office. <laughs> And um, Yuri did tell her, he's like, Ola, the same brother who had years before had said, if you go to America, you're not our sister. You know, he was young. He was like 15 or 16 years old. And he told her, I can't take care of you. This family in America, they're nice. This is your best option. This is probably what you should do. You should go to America. And because her brother told her that, she chose to be adopted, which... To say Amazing. To, like, like thinking of my kids with, you know, like how close my kids are and stuff. Like my brother, my sons would not want their, not want their sisters going to another country. You know, my kids would, well, you know how it is yeah. like with your kids, how close they are. That's not something they would, you know, want to happen. But however, I mean, she came several times and, and they got to see what your life was like and yeah you know what I mean or she was going to be going it wasn't this scary America like because they tell them over there a lot of it, even in the even in the orphanages where they're packing them up to come here they tell them that like we're gonna st- steal their organs harvest that, their that, organs we're, we're gonna harvest their organs and that's what so some of them they're scared because they're telling them all the terrible things that are going to happen to them when they get here and there, the reason why the one director was doing that, this was like literally two or three years ago, is that she was afraid that all the kids out of her orphanage would be adopted and she wouldn't have a job. So she was scaring the kids so that they would like, no matter that she doesn't give two craps about them when they turn 16 and they throw them out on their ear. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just so... They're her paycheck up till They're now. her paycheck, yeah. The funny thing about this, like, there's so many side stories. I, I, just, like, I can't comment on anything because there's so many side stories. But one of my favorites is is that when she got here and she was like, no, I'm done with school. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's how, how old? 15. She was going to have her 16th birthday, right? Yeah, and she's like... No, I'm done with school. Thanks. That was I'm, fun. I'm done with school. I'm like, well, when you get here, this was when she was leaving, when she was 15. And she's like, I said, well, when you come here, you have to go to high school. And she goes, no, I'm done with school. I'm like, you're hilarious. I said, no, you know how like Liesl and Seth and Mitchell all go to school? I said, in America, you don't go to, you don't graduate from high school until you're 17 or 18. And she's like, what? I said, well, Ola, what the crap are you going to do? And, and you know, she's so cute. They, that is part of being an orphan. Like they're in survival mode for so much of the time. That they can't... There's no planning ahead. They can't plan ahead and not because they're they're bad at that or, no. you know, but they're on survival. They got to take care of today. Yeah. You know what I mean? I forgot so, about that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for offering. But I'm going to opt out. 
No, honey, you got three, four, I don't know. You got lots of years left. So back in. Let me see about, so I think I've, uh, oh, Ola's first words. Um, I wrote down some things that were funny. Like uh, that first summer we went down to Fairview and we were at the family reunion. And um, the very first thing, think that Seth, she was 11. So Seth would have been 12 and a half. And the first full sentence I heard her say was, well, the first word I heard her say was a girl's camp. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which I thought she was hilarious. That too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then the next thing we were at the, like, the kids are all playing. She also said it every other word frequently. Yes. <laughs> it was a word. It was a new word and she loved it. And, and she knew what it said and she could say it appropriately and it fit so many different things. But the next thing was like Seth was irritating her, which he's probably at home right now, still irritating her. And she goes, they're standing there and he's like tugging on her hair like a brother will. And she goes, Seth, don't touch my hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what she said to Chad. Chad, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, don't touch me. And she works for my husband now. Uh, Go ahead. In the summer. And... And the, there's a bunch of Hispanic workers. She works like in a warehouse setting and and her and her brother both work for him. But the warehouse workers, will the Hispanics will come over and get her to say stuff all the time. Like she's in the mafia, like the Russian mafia. <laughs> hey, hey, say this, say this. Say, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Because her accent is still pretty thick, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's so freaking funny. Um, I'm just like, let's see what else. Let's see. Okay, um, Dekuma's gonna step out for a second, so it's just me and you, Nona. Um, let's see. Oh my gosh, there's so many more things that I think we'll we might have to like take to the next, uh, the next level when we talk about miracles because there were a bunch of miracles that happened, um, during the the whole adoption thing, like getting the papers in and. And then I have to say before, because Nona, I'm going to ask you about your girls that you, all of your cute girls who you hosted, but I do have to shout out to the amount of help that we had getting Ola here, uh, thousands of dollars, the other people, especially when it was time to do, um, to adopt her and just getting the home study done. And those first little bits were, it was about $2,500 for the home study, and we just kept throwing money at hosting her because we wanted her to come over and be here. So it's like buying a new car almost every other year, you know, and paying cash for it. And so. Yeah, it's spending. It was so much money. <laughs> like my dream yeah. is to go to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. And I just really want to go see the Arizona. And I want to go to the Polynesian Cultural Center. And then I just want to lay on the beach with a Diet Coke in my hand. And I can lay on a beach anywhere, but I really need to go to Hawaii for the Polynesian Center and then the Arizona. And other than that, but like Ola, my sweet daughter, was my trip to Hawaii every summer. <laughs> and you know what? I wouldn't change it for a second. I love her and I love the experience that it gave our kids. Like it changed their lives. And it changed my life too, not just not just my children, and it changed the lives of our whole family, and the people, 
our ward members, you know, our church members, our neighbors. But I have a lot of Facebook friends because I've been a nurse for 27 years, 28 years. And so I've worked different places. And with nurses, there's so many nurses because you're staffing all these different shifts. So I have like lots of best friends and they, I've had so much support from all of them that I wouldn't even dare to start naming names because there would be no way I could name everyone. And uh, tremendously humbled by the amount of support that we had. And the people who truly loved and still love her. And I think, oh my goodness, if there is ever a Christian example of, you know, caring for the orphan, it was certainly the community that came together to make sure that Ola became Ola Evans. I'm going to tell you what I think. I think like for us, you know, because church-wise, you know, most people, I mean, we associate with lots of people, but also that aren't LDS, but really we, you know, I mean, we go to church and we, you know, how it is when you're LDS, Mormon, is that you kind of, especially with the population, how it is here, you know, you go to church with the people that are all, like for us, it's, we're, we're within, our, our congregation is, half a square mile yeah that's my whole you know and and we've got like like, i don't know 700 people or something yes yes half a square mile so it's like that it's dense um and so when you and when you're you know mormon i know we're supposed to say lds but when you're mormon i mean you everyone you know you know everyone and you all know what you all believe because you know it's I'll pretty much believe the same things. Right. And so and we're taught the same things. The the curriculum is worldwide, you know, by by the week. Everybody worldwide is learning the same things. And so I I think that it's really interesting that we feel like that it's our, you know, here comes an orphan and I could count on it's like you're saying that everybody wanted to do their part because the orphan who's responsible for the orphan my children i'm responsible they're my stewardship but the way that we believe an orphan i mean everybody's responsible yes no you're a christian you're responsible for the widows and you're responsible for the orphans and so for us like for the one girl that we had she needed quite a bit of dental work and my dentist just said i'm paying for it i'm doing it and and he didn't want any money for it I think she needed a root canal. Ola's um, dental work was also comped. And in fact, her braces that I, we, ha- she has braces now. And our orthodontist, I'm just going to shout out to Broadbent Orthodont- uh, Orthodontics in North Ogden, gave her a discount. He gave her his family discount. My other kids, we paid just the regular price. But he is also a member of our church and he, you could just see like his, they would ask all the time. And sometimes she would come while the kids were getting their braces, like, you know, their rubber bands changed and getting everything arranged. And I would tell her, yeah, I would tell her, yeah, if you ever come here, we got to get your braces and get those because her teeth were pretty crooked. Uh, We'd have to get you some braces if you ever came here forever and get your teeth all straightened like everybody else. This is America. (laughs) We all have straight teeth. I don't know why. And um, and uh, the orthodontist, he just he's one of the kindest people I've ever met. And 
And he gave her a discount, which I thought was the sweetest thing ever. I thought, and you know, there's sometimes that I have been tempted to refuse help, but it came to me pretty early on that when someone offers to do something, that is them being prompted to also care for an orphan. And so I just let them and I love it. Our dentist, like not only did he take care of, you know, not only did he take care of our, our orphan, but like he was so interested and went asked me so many questions. And then he said, I know a lot of people have said, you know, like when I've told him about it, um, well, I, I just, I can see that I need to give back more. So he, he got together with his lawyer friends and, and, um, to open an orphanage. I think they were going to do in South America somewhere. That's right. So, you know, so that's in the hopper still, I think. But yeah, I think it's really interesting that this is, you know, as soon as the word's out, everybody's looking to do their part to see, you know, what they can do. And, and yes, prompted because everybody feels like it's their responsibility to care for the orphans. So you just have like a little soft spot in your heart, huh? Yeah. It's, and I looked at like our girls, you know, the ones that came and it's like, you think, oh, they don't have a mom. It's so, you know, I... I still, I still have a mom. Um, this is such a big story with our kids and your girls that you hosted. And then there's still a whole bunch of miracles that happened with Ola's story and getting her here. So let's just wrap up for now. We're going to come back in about a week and a half and do part two of Ola's story. And then we're going to have Nona, um, and Nona, I'll call you and remind you that you're going to tell us all about the three different girls and the three different experiences you had with hosting. How does that sound? Okie dokie, smoky. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> right. Bye, peeps. All right. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. And we're glad we're back. And we'll talk to you guys in another week or so. Thanks for listening.